For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Wrestling with history worldwide and the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, the voice of choice, Bruce Word, Killer Ken Resnick, and back with us after a uh, several week absence now, wonderful Willie the Legend Maker, Bill Apter. I, I, I am so glad that, that we're all together. Bruce, it's always great to be with you. But the fact we, we, we've got the Sugar Ray Leonard of Wrestling Podcast back with us this week. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. See, well, I, well I, it, it, it all came up. We, you know, we, the last couple of weeks on assignment, on assignment, nobody was buying it. So the crack Vok Nation investigative team uh -oh. led by Brady Hicks and, and, and his class of, of misfits discovered what's been going on. Yeah. And it was since you got the haircut, much like Sugar Ray Leonard did to Roberto Duran in the famous No Mas, No Mas fight. I photographed that. Br Brady Hicks discovered that, that all the karaoke bars up and down the I-95 corridor these past few weeks, after you've been there, we're all doing the same thing. No Mas, No Mas, he's too good, he's too fine, No Mas. <laughs> he said karaoke, didn't he? He did. He said karaoke. He did. Yeah. Yes. Karaoke is the karaoke. correct oh, term. Karaoke. Karaoke. Or in Japan, when I, was on, when I was on tour in Japan, they uh, the the people that are Japanese would say karaoke. It it, it was tragic for for all these karaoke establishments because Bill that doesn't you know indulge in, in in libations and he was so good after all song after song the rest of the crowd said there's no way we can follow him they left bill doesn't indulge so it was terrible they were all going no mas no mas so well you bill know why can the legend maker he's a sugar ray leonard of, of wrestling podcast you know why they were doing no mas because i was doing i was rapping barry manilow songs her name was lola she was a showgirl at the copa copa cabana the hottest spot north of Havana. see that's it <laughs> only on the voc nation will i act like that uh so uh, I, and, 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 and and they tell me that's next is investigating that knockoff voc nation hat <laughs> No, this isn't a knockout. This is the real thing. I want to mention 
that uh, Ken, you were recently on another podcast uh, with uh, QVC host. Uh, just remind us what that was. Uh, Michelle Lau, uh, a little QVC host, also does a, uh, I believe it's called It's Solid Gold with Michelle Lau. Um, and she interviews people around the country that, that have done uh, good things. And as I said on her podcast, when she asked me to, to be her guest, I thanked her for lowering the bar so I would fit in that category. Well, and I have to say, and I know, Bill, you did this show as well, but I was a recent guest on Bumps and Thumps with Brian Ferguson. Oh, I heard, I heard one of the, Actually, it was very good. I listened to it. Yeah, um, it was it, it was all about the start of VOC Nation and my my 10 year journey, including Bill. So if you have a chance, go look at Bumps and Thumps. We're actually going to put it on the VOC Nation uh, RSS feed. So you'll find it this week up on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network and it'll go up on our YouTube channel as well. Shout out to by Brian the way, by the way, Ferguson. I'm looking for you people who are watching this on our YouTube channel. I'm looking my battery is like going almost like to zero here on my computer. And I just realized why. Not plugged in. Yeah, you have to plug it into the. As he, he's going to. He, he was gone a few weeks. Now it's like baby steps all over again. We're going to talk about <laughs> Sean Michaels. In session. <laughs> We're going to talk about Sean Michaels this week. And we did a whole episode on the mailbag last week. So. I, I transparently, Memorial Day weekend, I had to record Manny's show over the weekend as well. So I hadn't had chan a chance to go through the mail. I love that show, by the way, that Manny is, you perfect team, the two of you there. And Manny, uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen this week, um, we talked about his military service, uh, which by the way, if anybody out there doubted that, I've actually seen his military papers, his military papers proven he was proving he was a veteran of war. So I can say personally, I've seen that for anybody that doubts it. And Manny did a whole show about his service. And um, he had very candid comments about people that have challenged it, like Jim Cornette, maybe. And uh, that is out there. So no BS with the bull. It is uh, going like wildfire this week. So make sure you get a chance to see that before Jim's people sue us and we have to take it down. That's James E. Cornette. Uh, and I, I hear that his lawyer is Stephen P. New. I might have heard that on his podcast. Oh, I thought it was um, do we cheat him and how. And how, right. But Shawn Michaels is who we're going to talk about this week. And we'll get into that in just a second. But uh, since we don't have mail, maybe a current topic from each one of you fellows. Current events? We, yeah, current events. What well, is happening in the world of wrestling? Before we get into that, as everyone knows, we pre-recorded. And certainly today is such a, a, a meaningful day that from this moment, almost exactly this moment, we're 100 days away from the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Raymond James to play Tom Brady and the Tampa Bucks. 100 nights from tonight, the NFL season kicks off. Oh, amen to that. Is there going to be some wrestling there, I hope, Raymond James Stadium? Yeah. I mean, that that is a home for pro wrestling as well. Yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah. Yes, WrestleMania. absolutely, absolutely. And no football. And no football. What is going on with this football and this podcast? 
Uh, Bill, big news from, from <laughs> Sunday night. We'll pass uh, right over that. <laughs> AEW has a, a another big name, another big yeah. older name. Yeah. And uh, well, you're saying old, did you say older name? Older name. Yeah. yeah. Some, a veteran. Well, his name's not that old. I mean, it's a pretty modern name. A lot of people name their uh, children Mark. Yeah. Still. Sure. So, uh, no, they, they, this, was, uh, this was totally unexpected. Yeah. I happened to have the press release right in front of me, which uh, came officially as we're taping this on June 1st, 2021. And the headline is, and this was at the pay-per-view the other night, they mentioned this, wrestling legend Mark Henry signs multi-year deal with AEW. The world's strongest man will pull double duty as broadcaster and in talent development. This was quite the surprise because no one expected this. Nobody knew about this. This was held uh, like an old kayfabe thing. Nobody knew there were dealings going on. And I'll tell you something, I've known Mark uh, since he started in pro wrestling and he's a young veteran. He really is. Mm -hmm. And as a backstage general to utilize all his vast knowledge of the days from when he first started until his crowning glories in the WWE. I think this is an amazing move. And I think that WWE was probably caught by what? Who? You're kidding me. Yeah. How many broadcasters do they need? I mean, they have more broadcasters and coaches. Well, they're, they're, they're include, they're, they're going to be coaches as well, but they're, they're, uh, they're branching out and, you know, more shows rampage. They're going to keep doing things. They're going to be doing special videos, special segments with these broadcasters. And I have a feeling Mark Henry will be, you know, again, he'll be a backstage general. He'll be, he'll be uh, a coach and he'll be a uh, broadcaster. And I think having he and uh, the former big show, Paul White, together doing broadcasting is going to be, that's going to be another team that people will talk about for years. I think the two of them together will be incredibly good. Isn't Big Show's new T, t- his T-shirt, doesn't it say no BS? Or, uh, or something, of, uh, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I don't know, I haven't seen his T-shirt recently. I'm thinking so. since uh, maybe there could be a copyright infringement there, I don't know. Uh, I have to talk to Manny and see what our lawyers say. But yeah, I, I don't know. To me, there's, there's, I don't know how much it, it helps draw interest into that promotion. Um, I don't it think will, it's going to. Bruce, it, it has to only because if someone's channel turning or somebody knows that name, because WWE really played Mark Henry up uh, yeah. so big, it's a recognizable, oh, look, I'm watching this wrestling show. Mark Henry's here. Hey, the big show's here. Christian Cage is here. Sting is here familiarity but you know what i'm gonna spring this out there and i don't know what your reaction is but joe lowry one of my correspondents on the one wrestling video channel told me from the beginning that this whole thing in his opinion is an elaborate plan for another invasion angle between wwe and aew and it's been like this from day one and now it's the it's now come to the point where tony khan is talking to the other khan and they both have khan names here wwe 
is doing something they never did before. They're responding. They're so responding. Did, did, did the WWE Khan, I, I, did, did he respond to Tony Khan? He did, he did do, say something prior to Tony Khan saying something. There was something, I don't remember what it was, but there- Khan versus Khan after WrestleMania. And, and, now, and now with WWE uh, romancing New Japan Pro Wrestling, who is also in the pocket of AEW, I mean, look at all this that's going on. This could be like a world series of pro wrestling going on here. Ken, what do you think about all this? Yeah, I, I, a few, six months ago, I would have said no way. But, uh, you know, with, with the moves WWE, you know, made today in terms of executives and adding board members, the, the reality is that they're not, a, a wrestling company. They're, they're an entertainment <coughs> company. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon has said he wants them to become more of a media company. Yeah, content provider. And, and I think now if they feel it would be beneficial to them Oh, we lost Ken. No, well, I think what Ken would say if he wasn't frozen is that uh, it would be beneficial for them to uh, get in, in in bed with uh, with everybody else. Yeah, yeah, Ken's I, back. I, I, Ken is back. You're frozen um, beneficial to that, them. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, in, in the past, they were uh, all 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 about wrestling and th that's not their framework you know aew their only business is wrestling wwe you know that's why it says entertainment that's what they're focused on that's what vince is looking for certainly they're the the hires and and not really shakeups but additions they announced today all point to the, you know them continuing to branch out get more involved in in streaming and international so you know six months ago i, I would have said no way but the, you know the the more you see i think wrestling is just a component of their entertainment yeah. conglomerate and and it, the biggest thing, I mean, just look what we're talking about. You know, <coughs> AEW, you know, added uh, Mark Henry today. And the reality was WWE, you know, he, he was not going to be in the ring anymore. WWE really wasn't using him. So, you know, I, I don't think they would be all that upset about it. And, you know, I... I Oh, we've kind of lost Ken's signal again there. But I, th I think uh, that WWE, even though Mark Henry's uh, uh, been there as a Hall of Famer, etc., cetera, uh, I think at this point that unless it's one of their top major stars now, they're okay for their guys to go, you know, oh, yeah. find other life somewhere else. Well, and, and, and I mean, Vince and, and WWE has always had a, a history. W when they need you, they, they 
you know, treat you great. But once they decide you're not really in their plans, they, they kind of forget your name. Um, and I, I think Bruce is right, too, that, you know, Mark, Henry, Big Show, uh, invaluable backstage, interesting as broadcasters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they're not in the ring, I don't know how much they're going to add, you know, to to the product. They're okay. familiar names to the people that watch yeah, WWE. But, but, yeah, I, I mean, like to me, being old school, you know, like all, all of us are, uh, when, it, when it comes to, to calling matches, you know, Jim Ross is, is still kind of in, in a class by himself. And I, you know, we're, I, I know I was surprised when WWE made the move to bring in Adam Burke from Major League Baseball Network, which Four weeks. lasted, what, three weeks? Um, you know, so. Um, yeah. Um, by the way, in this new um, structuring in the WWE, it includes it includes Coonan. Uh, what what was his first name? I'm sorry. Uh, well, J- Jamie Horwitz is is kind of the the big. He's going to be the you know executive vice president of development and digital. He's going to oversee the the studios uh, in in California. And I mean, you know. He was big. He was very instrumental in, in kind of that debate format in, in first take on ESPN, Skip Bayless on, on FS1. But it's kind of interesting that Jamie Horowitz had to leave FS1 because of, you know, workplace misconduct allegations which I don't think comes as a surprise to us is probably not a real deal breaker uh, for, for WWE. But Get him then, in here. You know, he, 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 you know, resurfaced with Dazen, the, the kind of boxing streaming network. Uh, so they brought, you know, him in and, you know, having sold to, to Peacock, I think WWE is looking more towards, you know, streaming outlets as well. And then, uh, he brought in Matt Drew, who was with him at, at Dazen uh, as well, who's going to be in charge of international uh, acquisitions. So, I, I mean, it's like I say, they, they are building towards a entertainment media conglomerate. And AEW is a wrestling company that, while maybe challenging them wrestling-wise, you know, is, is not in the entertainment media business at all. So I think it's kind of the point where maybe they don't, they're not perceived as a threat anymore. No, they're not. You know, it's amazing because way back when, when I worked for my mentor, Stanley Weston, he used to always say, Vince Jr. hates wrestling. He doesn't want wrestling. He wants to make it something else. And he went ahead and did this. So my, here's some of my thoughts here is that with all the people who were let go in recent weeks, also, uh, and a lot of important people, uh, they're, they're restructuring the entire company. And one wonders that when someone is selling a company, selling a company, ponder this, a lot of times they let go of a lot of staff, they bring in new executives, and now we have a different model to, to put up for sale. Because a lot of people are thinking that NBC may become the home of the of world wrestling entertainment 
at this point, but I think that Stephanie and uh, Hunter, Paul, uh, would maintain control over that end of the company. That's well, why, sorry, that's why I think to me, and I heard Eric Bischoff say this as well, the networks, so WWE is like, think of them like the NFL, and they have their deals with Fox and NBC Universal, who are very competitive against each other for the programming. They're very tied. I think in those network contracts, Eric was saying at least that networks required, I think Fox, Roman Reigns was required for the Fox deal, and maybe NBC Universal has something else. I thought it was interesting that Steve Coonan is part of this new board of directors who came from Warner Entertainment. So he was yeah. the uh, president, CEO of the Atlanta Hawks, and then previously the president of Turner Entertainment, which is TNT, TBS, True TV. So that's an interesting tie that goes against what Eric might be saying. Or maybe WWE wants to buy AEW as a third distinct brand to run on those channels, and that's their tie-in. Who knows? I, 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 I think that's a possibility, but I don't. I think that if it's legit, Tony Khan will have no part of selling that company. I think Tony Khan's whole feel of this whole thing is that we are going to be the major pro wrestling company. Vince McMahon's company, just like Ken said, we are not a wrestling company. We are an entertainment provider. And, and, and look who else they, they added to the board, Connor Shell, who developed ESPN's 30 yeah. for 30, which I think kind of tells you maybe where, where they're going. But to me, the, the most interesting part, uh, the, the three you know, new executive VPs they added, uh, and the woman from some uh, who's going to be general counsel came from an upscale fashion retailer. You know, they added five big players to WWE, none of whom have any wrestling background. Correct. Correct. None. I, you, so know I think they, you know what, though? You know, they put her in as the legal counsel, and one wonders that Jerry McDivitt, who was their attorney forever, forever out of Pittsburgh, if he is still part of the uh, legal uh, representation of WWE. Well, you know, Bill, when I, I saw all that and I was thinking, um, Jerry was also primarily a great criminal attorney. You know, he defended Vince uh, on the steroid allegations, uh, he defended the company, uh, I forget the, the ring announcer from all the, the sexual- Mel, Mel Phillips. Mel yeah. Phillips. Uh, he is- Terry Funk and, got the Mel Phillips first. Um, the, you know, huge lawsuit that has now been dismissed and again, dismissed on appeal, the concussion lawsuit that mm -hmm. Billy Jack Haynes and, and Kiros Law, I think out of Philadelphia was bringing, uh, that was dismissed. Uh, they were also trying to bring an, an intellectual property lawsuit that, you know, all these people are being shown on WWE Network and not being compensated. That was thrown out. So I think they kind of transitioned from more criminal 
type lawsuits and allegations in the more corporate. And, and this gal he brought in has got tremendous experience in you know, contract negotiation, acquisition negotiation. Uh, okay. You know, and I, I really believe they are now looking at themselves as an entertainment media conglomerate. Just one of their assets happens to be uh, wrestling. Yeah. And, and sports, we've sports entertainment. Yes. You know, the, even their, their talent guys more had, you know, were coming out of Hollywood and sitcoms uh, writers than, you know, wrestling background. Yeah. Well, this is what Vince had planned from yeah. the very beginning. And it, yeah. it hit a crescendo at this point. The, and, whole, and, the whole company is different. It's yeah. not, you can't recognize it from what it was even five years ago. Oh, you know, movies and all the, the live programming, but Bill, I, I, you know, I think we kind of skipped over it, but you know, when you said Vince really didn't want to be, you know, a, a wrestling, you know, he wanted to make his mark in something else. Uh, you know, the, the two stabs at the XFL, uh, the stabs at, at professional bodybuilding, the, the stabs at, at supplement, Vince, without question, the most successful wrestling promoter ever. You know, maybe you don't like the entertainment the most successful, and it was never enough to, to satisfy him. Correct. Correct. Quest, it's, oh, he's an, a never-ending quest for greatness and, and doing something else. He's a legacy builder. That's what Vince McMahon is. we got to well, take a quick... And, and, you know, Bill and I are very worried. It's probably only a matter of time before, you know, he tries to acquire Vognation. It, it's possible. By the way, uh, Steve uh, Coonan, president or CEO of the Atlanta Hawks, a shout out to uh, apparently fan of VOC Nation and the former president of the Houston Rockets and now the Philadelphia 76ers, Daryl Morey, is a uh, fan of VOC Nation. So Wait, shout out if you're listening. I'm going to tell you something about the Atlanta Hawks that no one except a few people know. What's that? My son, who lives in Atlanta, yeah, at, works for Kennesaw State University, has a part-time gig with the Atlanta Hawks. Well, they, 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 so there's a tie in to Steve Coonan. Yeah. See, that's it. Bill's got the inside scoop. We've got and, the inside and, scoop. He's and we'll talk talking. about it during the break, but none of you are allowed to know. This is Wrestling with History. Bill after Ken Resnick. I don't matter. This is the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Back on the other side. Bill Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill Apter's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... Well, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? 
Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Bruno uh, was a hell of a champion. You know? Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill After, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. All right, VOC Nation Wrestling Network, wrestling with history, the voice choice Bruce Ward, Killer Ken Resnick, Bill Apter. And this week we we well, we started out wanting to talk about Shawn Michaels and Bill and Ken's uh, behind the scenes stories of Shawn Michaels. And we got sidetracked for about a half hour on the W. He stole my theme. He stole my theme. Yeah, he did. He sexy did. boy. I'm just your sexy boy talk. Stole it from me. The WWE changes, and uh, hopefully you uh, you like that. Let us know what you think about what's going on in the WWE, what you think about AEW signing Mark Henry, and if you think there's a, a meeting of the minds down the road with uh, Khan versus Khan. So tweet us at VOC Nation oh. and, uh, and let us know what you have to say. We uh, could guys, have been the victim of a con job. For the oh past my lord! Few years. Either that, or uh, maybe they're going to, you know, get involved in producing the the next uh, Star Trek film. Didn't they have the Wrath of Khan as one of the movies? That's correct. And they could bring in Killer Khan. They could bring Killer Khan back from Japan too. Oh, that's the angle: the two Khans and Killer Khan. Got it. Sorry, Bruce. We're... <laughs> And, and, and the famous words, beam us up, Scotty. Shawn <laughs> Michaels, born July 22nd, 1965. And uh, Sean and Marty started, Bill, did they start in Mid-South or did they start in the AWA and then go to Mid-South? Uh, they started in several different smaller territories, which is where I first uh, got to uh, meet both of those wild guys. They were... Uh, in the uh, dressing rooms, they pulled pranks on people. They were, they were, they were like two junior high school kids. They not even high school kids at that point. Uh, a lot of that has been documented all over the internet, and it's all true. But um, the the the, uh, the thing about the two of them, it looked at the beginning. Everybody compared them to uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, of course. The uh, the Rock and Roll Express, and they used to tell me back in the dressing room as well, you know, we're going to be better than the Rock and Rolls, and maybe we're going to feud with the Rock and Rolls one day. That was like their their goal back then. But they were both two, when I first met them, they were two kind of wild kids. I didn't know where they were going to go because they were really very immature. They really were. John Michaels started training under Jose Lothario and worked in the NWA from 
uh, 84 to 85. Went Rhett's wrestled in Texas All Star Wrestling 85 and 86. And then uh, our buddy Ken got to know Shawn Michaels very well in uh, in 86 before he before Ken left for WWE or WWF at that point. But Michaels made his WW or his AWA debut in 1986. I think Marty was right behind him, right, Ken? I think oh, they, I saw. They came in, uh, they came in together. They, were, you know. Uh, tag team as the Midnight Rockers, uh, and and Bill they uh, singles, and then they like I, I I think I saw some episodes of All Star Wrestling from that time period. They introduced Sean Marty came up, and then they did kind of a scene where they got together. Isn't that kind of, they they might have always planned to be a tag team, but I yeah, think they I, were. I think they kind of use them, uh, you know, in, in some singles. But that that was you know the plan. Um, as the midnight rockers and, and, and Bill is right. Um, they, they, they live to party. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in those days they viewed the wrestling as, you know, the way that, you know, the revenue stream that could pay for their partying. Uh, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's how they looked at it. Um, but in the early days of, you know, the Midnight Rockers in, in the AWA, um, everyone pretty much thought Marty Jannetty was really going to be the star. I mean, he his ring work uh, was better. Neither one of them were, were overly dedicated. But little by little, you could see that Sean began to kind of embrace wrestling and would the parting wouldn't stop it, but he would separate it. And much has been documented even today. Marty was never really able to separate the, the partying from the wrestling. And you could even see, you know, in the dressing room after matches, Sean seemed to suddenly be more interested talking to the other talent, trying to talk, you know, to whoever he had just worked with to, to see what, what he could learn. And it was, you know, kind of uh, obvious that Sean was um, getting a, a little more involved in his own wrestling career where, you know, Marty was just, you know, couldn't wait to get out and, and start partying. And, um, as their careers progressed, you know, both of them had demons to, to deal with, but Sean was able to, um, you know, with help kind of conquer a lot of his demons and Marty, unfortunately, yeah. not so much. And I think that's why, you know, Sean is the Hall of Famer and the big star. And there, there's, there's a reason behind this, and this is why I love doing the show, because it kickstarts things from my mind that I forgot. I remember when Jose Lothario was training Shawn Michaels. I was down in Texas doing pictures, young Shawn Michaels. Jose Lothario was a wonderful taskmaster over his students. He really was. Um, he taught Shawn not just the how to fine tune his ring work, but the psychology and how to handle himself as a, as a person. And it didn't kick in immediately, but Sean always had that respect of Jose Lothario uh, in, his, in his brain. 
Sean also was, and I don't know anything about Marty's personal life this way, but Sean was also very dedicated to his parents. He was always, he was a, he was a, a kid that his parents uh, absolutely adored and he tried to make them happy. Uh, I had seen him with his parents many times as the younger Sean, Sean and even the the, uh, the middle Sean, so to say, when he opened the Texas Wrestling Academy and he brought me down to do photos for WOW magazine in his home when he got married to uh, Rebecca, one of the Nitro girls. And his parents were around that day uh, and they were glowing just to see what he had uh, made of himself. So I think Sean kept the values of his trainer and his family. And that's what was a large separation of the party Sean from the Sean that we all became to uh, love as a uh, as an athlete and a performer. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know the reason, but that absolutely tracks, Bill, because <clears throat> you could see Sean becoming, you know, a little more invested. And I think also Sean was pretty sharp uh, and he kind of picked up that uh, both he and Marty, you know, as you referenced uh, some of, you know, the ribs and pranks they used to pull. Well, it's like in, in any sport, if you're a veteran that, you know, is a bit of a star and has paid his dues, you can kind of pull those ribs and pranks because you've earned the respect. But when young guys try and pull them on veterans, that doesn't play so well. And, you know, they, they had a tendency to get crosswise. And I think Sean also kind of picked up on, on that because he, you know, I, when the spotlight's on in the ring, you don't get a chance to, to see who's real sharp and who may not be quite uh, as bright a bulb. And, and Sean w was very smart uh, when he needed to be. Yeah, and Sean also, uh, in his later years, as everybody knows, uh, embraced religion, and uh, he became a very religious person, and he used to talk about that all that stuff he did, you know, with uh, DX, with suck it, and all that kind of stuff, he wouldn't do that kind of stuff anymore, uh, even when they came back as a group uh, for nostalgia things, he never, he never went and did, you know, that, uh, that, that, stuff again i think he did in the in the last few years he might have eased up on that a little bit but uh just for nostalgia's sake but he he's a good he, he's got a conscience he's a good man and marty unfortunately and i've interviewed marty many times just kind of drifted into uh um you know he had been known for alcohol and drugs etc cetera, etc cetera. he stayed in that um that level that a lot of people in the wrestling business during those days became locked in that and they couldn't punch their way out. I'm still connected to Marty on Facebook and he's still, um, and he's very oddly public about some of the things that he's still doing. I think he recently was injured, but he's still uh, probably as, uh, as deep in as, as he always was. And he actually cited recently that he has no desire to stop. And uh, to me, that's sad. That's a sad part stop of what, the part, the partying, and the stuff? partying and then uh, drugs and alcohol. And yeah, it's just sad when, when that consumes somebody. 
Well, if you if you remember, and I don't know if drugs and alcohol are still part of it, but there was another very famous wrestler um, who used to go by the name of Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, who still to this day says that if somebody wants to hire him to work at a convention or whatever, you got to know what you're getting because I'm going to, you know, I'm not that uh, that rule playing guy. Yeah. And you said that on this show a couple of weeks ago, Bill. It's amazing. Uh, it's sad. Uh, but if, if that person is OK with it, then who are we to judge? I want to ask you, Marty, born in Columbus, Georgia, Sean, born in uh, Arizona, I think Chandler, Arizona, built from San Antonio, Texas, famously. But Bill, do you know how they met or Ken, did, do you know how they met and started working together? Was it down in uh, Mid-South? Yeah, it it, it 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 was somewhere because they knew each other when they came to the AWA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere along the they, road, they, they may started... have met in, in. For all we know, they may have just you know met partying in Afters Alley. <laughs> Ken, how did uh, many people because they, because of their their immaturity? How did Vern Gagne, who was really very stern over his company how did he react to what they were doing i mean they were making money for the company the girls loved to come and see them but how did Vern actually react to that um i i i don't think he was enthralled but by the time sean and marty came to the awa Vern was already facing, you know, what Vince was trying to, to take over the country. So I think Vern was, as you said, they were making money for the company. So given, you know, Vince's assault on his territory, Vern was far more willing to overlook it then than he may have been prior to the WWF takeover, if you will. Were they looked at, Ken, as potential breakout stars. So you said, I mean, they were more into the partying and, you know, at least initially, neither one of them cared about honing their craft. Sean eventually started to do that. But were they looked at as the next big thing, you know, something that could get as big as the Rock and Roll Express? Yeah, I, I, I don't think so because, you know, in, in those days, you know, with all the veterans, I think the veterans kind of looked at, not looked down on them, but kind of looked at them, you know, all this talent and what a waste, you know, so um, because of the partying, uh, the, at least that time, the, the lack of dedication or, or focus, um, I, I think, in, in Vern's mind, there may have been, you know, slight unreliability uh, came into play. So it's like, you know, we don't want to put a lot of eggs in that basket because this basket could crack at any moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, Sean uh, took a page out of Jose Lothario's book and opened his own training school, I went and covered that. And one of the, he taught his students um, the same methods that Jose Lothario taught him. And one of those students became uh, as big a star as Shawn Michaels, and that was Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson, who uh, I have photos of him that the WWE has used on their website uh, being trained by, uh, by Shawn Michaels. So Shawn not only 
took his skills into the ring to entertain the fans and have great matches, but also to uh, train other wrestlers. He, uh, he always wanted to give back, even in the days when he was a big star, he always wanted to give people advice and give back. And I saw that in action many, many, many times. John's prize pupil is? Well, it's Brian Danielson. Was it Daniel Bryan? That's why Daniel I just, Bryan. yes. That's why I just mentioned that too. You know, you know what? I, I was, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's what happens with a live to tape, tape podcast. I was looking <laughs> You're at some information to try. <laughs> and I just <laughs> had my point. And there's, Oh boy. I won't even edit that. Everybody can hear it as it happens. And, uh, you, can and, hate and, and you know, one of the other things that, that um, I, I think there was a kind of, you know, instant camaraderie between Sean and, and Daniel. If you think about it, both of them became, you know, huge superstars, but kind of overcame their really lack of, of physical size to do so. Yeah. Yeah, and Daniel Bryan, when I first met him and I knew him in Ring of Honor, he was, I, I was, I, you know, he's a great wrestler, but no personality. And boy, did he, did he really show that he had a, a hell of a personality. And currently, Shawn Michaels, uh, as you know, and most of the fans listening to this would know, is that he's advising and training people at uh, the Performance Center and yeah. working in NXT. And uh, he's become such a valuable asset in his later years uh, to the company. Now he's made he's, he's had a hell of a career from a rookie to a tag team wrestler to a, a ch champion to someone who inspires everybody to a great family man, and now training all these people as well. Hey, um, so you're saying there's still hope for us? There's still hope. <laughs> what about the Montreal screw job? You know, you can't talk about Shawn Michaels without talking about that. Well, real quick, before we get there, just, just so we don't skip this period of time, we're talking about the partying. We're talking about the AWA and, and them maybe getting out of sorts with some people and Shawn starting to wise up. But they jump to New York in late 1987 and get fired for being out of line. Yeah, yeah. So and then eventually they came back. But Ken, were you still there when they came in and didn't work out? Yeah, they. I, I mean, it, it was unfortunately they kind of viewed this as, "Hey, we've made it. We're in the big time. Let's party." Um, and while Vern was, you know, willing to, I think, overlook some of that uh, because they were making, you know. AWA money and you know we're working on top um Vince had a huge stable and he just uh you know and and Vince you know was you know his stance was you know against uh drugs at that point I mean you know even I I think while I was there uh had to take you know I passed them all but uh three like random uh urine tests and um, I, I think Vince was going, hey, just not putting up with this. He Bye. didn't have to. He had a big enough roster where, you know, he didn't want to put up the, with the immaturity. And since you worked with them, and I don't know how close you were at all, 
but when they came in and they were doing some of the same things, did you ever have the chance to say, Hey, that's not going to fly here. You better be careful. Yeah, I, I didn't. It, it, it wasn't, you know, my place. I, I think others did, but you know, it just fell on deaf ears or, you know, in, in one ear and, and out uh, the other that, and- uh, you know, it, it, it's till they make up their own minds. You can talk till you're blue in the face. But, uh, you know, I always got along with them. Uh, they, you know, they were, you know, really good guys. But I mean, there were uh, like, I remember some interview days when, you know, the first few interviews, you could tell they were, you know, really hung over. They were buzzed. Yeah. Well, Bill, famously, didn't they show up for WrestleMania five, not in working condition? I mean, they got through the match, but that's a story. I think Bruce Pritchard tells that story where they they came in. I think it was the Twin Towers they worked against and uh, they were they were just not in good shape at the beginning of. the. Well, I heard that, but, I, you know, I, I couldn't say for sure I wasn't with them at that. Right. At that it's time. like a Davy Boy Smith line. I wasn't there. Yeah, I wasn't there. But uh, just, plausible deniability. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Sean lost a lot of his fans. Uh, just getting back to the, the Montreal screech. Yeah. A lot of people thought that Sean um, should not have done what he did regarding the Montreal screw job. And a lot of most so many fans uh, sided with Bret Hart. But all the years that the two of them uh, went through this, the aftermath of that with not t- talking to each other, et cetera. And now to see that they're both very civil with each other and even friendly because Sean changed, Sean changed a lot of who he was personally, again, due to religious beliefs and family, et cetera. And, uh, but his whole career, his whole legacy could have gone down the drain had, uh, he kept up this whole thing against Bret Hart yeah. and talking dirt about him. Ken, I'm curious when Sean and Marty first came George? in, what's that? George. <laughs> yeah. Sure. When Sean George. and Marty first came in, Brett was working with Neidhart back when you were there. Did they clash back then or was it not until, I mean, cause they're very different personalities, right? And, yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't think so, because, you know, at that point, Brett and Jim Nyhart were up here and Sean and Marty were down there. Right. right. Uh, so I, I, I don't think Brett and Jim perceived them um, at that point to be, you know, any sort of, of challenge uh, to them in, in terms of getting a push. And uh, it was, didn't take, you know, very long for Vince to, to sour on them, you know, the, the first time. Sure. Bill, just, Bruce, I have a question yeah. for you, because this was, this was your prime time watching yeah. pro wrestling. But what did you think when uh, Shawn Michaels came in with uh, Kevin Nash Diesel as his bodyguard? I see. I loved that, uh, that, that whole pairing together. What did you think of that? You know, that was, I think, and, and I was probably like a lot of fans at that point in time, because I was, I was a teenager, I think, and I was sour on the WWF product as a whole. Like, I was a big Hogan fan, 
And when Hogan left in 93, I, and, and see, to me, I could tell as a fan, you know, I, I knew nothing about the inside. I, outside of Joel Goodhart, I didn't even know what a dirt sheet was. Uh, Joel used to read the, uh, the dirt sheets on his radio program, but I, um, I was, as a fan, I could see them trying to give us the next Hulk Hogan in Lex Luger and in Bret Hart and in Shawn Michaels or Kevin Nash. And I, I just rejected it because to me, there was only one. And uh, I thought it was cool, but, but it was hokey cool. Like it wasn't authentic cool. And actually when they, the biggest problem I think with Vince is when he, take something that works like Kevin Nash as diesel, the whole Royal rumble thing. He was over because of the character. And then after he won the title, they started making him into this all American good guy. And it it just totally went down the tubes. And it's just like they did to John Cena and just like they tried to do to Roman reigns and they lose sight of what brought that person to the dance. It's not about, the person it's about the character and well i just wondered what you thought about the teaming of Shawn michaels and oh well, well I, anyway um you know i bruce I, th- I think a lot of that uh even back then uh vince wanted to be a very media friendly company and you know if the face uh, you know the uh, of your company is kind of a heel that's just doesn't work um so i I think you know that's a a lot of it i mean if you remember um when they brought in lex luger um who back then was not what you would call real fan fan friendly or you know very welcoming you know they did the whole bus tour and everything else and but i i think that's always kind of been in the back of vince's mind um, that, you know, he wants to be able to put his champion on, on talk shows and sports shows. And, um, you know, a lot of that was still the, the kayfabe era. And if you've got a heel and all of a sudden people see him on a talk show as the nicest guy in the world, it, it didn't work. So right. that's, I, I think, you know, my speculation was kind of behind a lot of the, you know, let's uh, back off the, the, the heelish bits. some. Um, and then, you know, I'm, again, we're, we're certainly, you know, seeing that uh, today. I mean, now and, and like I say, uh, some old school wrestling fans might not like it, but you know, Vince Jr. has taken it, you know, and built it in a couple decades into a billion-dollar publicly traded company. Well, but- on another show, on another episode of Wrestling with History, which is my favorite podcast, of course, uh, on another show of this, we talk we talk so much about Vince and the company being media friendly, but they were not with the pro wrestling magazines. And that that's a whole show on its own. Um, so I think know, differentiated between mainstream media and, and you know, wrestling. He did, he did. Tying that back to Shawn Michaels. I think one of the reasons Shawn worked like Steve Austin worked and, and like Bray Wyatt works is when they decided to go with that person, they didn't change the person. And with a, every time almost to a person where they change the gimmick to, to fit the all American champion, the fans rejected. I mean, look at Bret Hart. I mean, Bret Hart was a cool 
heel. Then he was a cool baby face. And then all of a sudden he's uh, he's this over the top, you know, kissing babies. And that's not who he was. That's not why fans grew to like him. And I think that with Sean, he always was the ad attitudinal Sean Michaels. Yeah. And that's why yeah. fans loved him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was that uh, heartbreak kid. You know, again, that the draw of Shawn Michaels was that uh, that whole sexy boy thing because they they were they were they were just wanted to make somebody uh, into a character that uh, was sexy enough for the girls to uh, swoon over, as they used to say, and the guys to admire because he was such an athletic person. Bill, did you ever fast forwarding to uh, I guess towards the end? Did you ever hear of Shawn Michaels potentially going down and working in Atlanta with Hall and Nash and no. Razor? Was that ever a real possibility? No, no. I think that as Hall, far, I think they stay. They all stayed in touch. You know that curtain call. Of course, uh, Vince McMahon was very upset at. They all stayed in touch. But Shawn Michaels, I knew from the beginning, would always be a WWE. Um, person and he wouldn't stray from there unless of course AEW uh, offers him a broadcasting contract now <laughs> broadcaster slash coach right no no yeah, I, we, think, we, I think he's one of the few who would pulling, not pulling back the curtain and, and, and I've always wondered I mean there's no question everyone knows that the sexy boy you know gimmick was absolutely modeled after Bill you know after <laughs> Bill do you get any royalties for that uh no i'm kayfabe i will tell you something that you don't know about that just came into my brain about sean michaels and th this is backstage one time this is when the magazine band was in but they still let me backstage sean came over to me and he says uh, uh wwe's doing a book on me on my life story and i recommended you to be the writer i said that's great i said I i've never written a book before he said well, you don't have to worry about it no, I had not written my book at that point. I wasn't a book writer. I was a, a, a fantasy writer, fantasy stories. Um, but he said, you don't have to worry about it. I wanted you to do it. But there was one person in the office that said, no, not him. And uh, I think Keith Elliott Greenberg, who's a great writer, um, he wrote the book, but Sean wanted me to do it event, uh, at first. What? What, why? Why did that? Why? And I understand the whole magazine thing, but at, at that point in time, hadn't Vince buried the hatchet and, and put it behind him? I mean, did they really feel that strongly or, or anybody? Was it, did they? Did, no, no, there was no burying the hatchet. We were allegedly making money off of their product and they didn't want us in there. But Vince was nice enough to just open the doors to me and let me go backstage and stuff, but no camera and no media. But they, they, there was one person on the staff who was related to Vince McMahon, uh, a male, um, uh, and uh, he just didn't like uh, uh, me doing any of that kind of stuff, I was told. That was it. Gee, that, that sounds a little like the, the older Sean coming up to you. Hey, Bill, they're doing a book. I really, really wanted you to write it, but they said no. <laughs> that was the truth, though. Yeah. Um, just uh, tying this thing in a bow. 
Uh, Sean obviously went on to have a great career, Hall of Fame career, uh, one of the greatest of all time. And if putting it in context like Bill did, where he's done every facet of the business um, from uh, wrestling, broadcasting, training. He put rings up when he was when he was in the business. Yeah, everything. Uh, did Sean was Sean the one that that and and you both spent a lot of time personally with these guys was Sean the one that took Marty off track or was Marty the one that was trying to take Sean off track or did they equally take each other mutual. off track at times? There were two wise guys. It was totally mutual. One of yeah. them matured. The other one still has not. Yeah. Back, back in those days, they, they, they were two locomotives, but they were going down the same track. Oh, perfectly said, Ken. Perfect. <laughs> other said that better. Yeah. There's there's one um, horrific incident where uh, Marty critically injured, um, broke the neck of an enhancement talent. And, you know, I don't know if this has ever been talked about, but it, it was that something where uh, substances could have been involved? Is I know that's been settled uh, legally. None of us were part of the part of that. So have you heard anything through the rumor mill that there was anything more than no i can't comment on that i've never heard it it brought up um you know it was tragic uh, the only thing you know i can say uh knowing marty he would never intend to hurt anyone oh, sure. in the ring mm -hmm. so it, it was what, whatever the cause, I mean, it was tragic, but it, it, you know, it was an accident and, you know, Marty never had the reputation of working stiff either. So. Did that, did that affect Sean at all? Uh, the relationship between him and Marty, did that, did that have a lasting impact on how that tag team worked together or did they brush it off and move forward? I guess it's probably more of a question for Bill. Well, they, they brushed it off and moved forward. I'm not discussing that incident. You just yeah, yeah. brought up. But if one of them or both of them were worked drunk or whatever and all that, the next town, you know, they went out and did whatever they were going to do again. You know, unless they were warned. Unless they were warned, you know, you don't stop doing that. Sometimes uh, a wrestler does not know that he's not performing uh, at his very best because he might have had been buzzed or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's a night after night different thing. And then one night you just kind of grow up and say, you know, I screwed up. I didn't feel right that much. I'm not doing this again. That's what I think happens. Ken, wrapping it up, Bill talked about his book, uh, you know, the uh, potentially writing Shawn Michaels book. I want to ask you when, when you worked with Shawn Michaels all the way back in 1987 and 86 in the AWA, uh, did you ever think interviewing a young Shawn Michaels that he'd ever become as good on the mic as he ended up being in the, the late nineties, middle to late nineties? No. And uh, a lot of that was, you know, the way they used to party. I, I don't think anyone kind of looked at them thinking they were going to have the kind of, at least in Sean's case, the kind of longevity 
in the business that that you know he did um you know he was good uh you know uh, we, we always kind of laughed that you know their line in the infamous wrestle rock rumble was talking about partying um but it was just one of those things that when you you party like that you know you're not really dedicated you're not going to be around that long so i don't think anybody you know if somebody said you know might he become a star for a very short period that wouldn't have surprised anybody but you know he uh you know kind of came to grips with it and and um came out the other side a, a, a much better uh man family man and extremely uh dedicated to to the business and i think as as bill alluded to uh, how he's trained people um I think probably deep down, knowing Sean a little bit, he knows um, how lucky he was given all the mistakes he made. And I think he's also trying to, if you will, kind of pay it forward, where hoping that the, the kids, you know, he trains and, and talks to won't make the kind of mistakes early in their career that he did in his. I will tell you something, how I, when I felt that he was going to be a champion because of his focus, all right? We did a cover of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I took a picture of Ric Flair in a suit jacket with a bandage on his head, big bandage, he had been cut open, and holding the NWA belt. And when that cover went on the newsstands, a few weeks later, we got a picture from this young kid by the name of Sean Hickenbottom, who took that same pose, got himself an NWA replica belt and posed exactly like this. And he said, one day I'm going to be this guy. And PWI probably still has that picture in the files there. But I said, this is amazing because this kid looks like he really means it. And well, now, that just now. It's just, and uh, I guess wrapping it all up, um, I've already said tying it in a bow three times, so I won't say it again. Wrapping it all up, Bill, um, kind of the same question I asked Ken, but a little bit different. Were you surprised when the knowing how unreliable he had been earlier in his career and still kind of in that phase in the middle 90s, were you shocked when WWE gave him the ball when Kevin no. Nash? No. no, because Vince McMahon recognizes talent and can bring the best out of talent and get rid of the worst part of them. Vince McMahon may have said to him, I don't know, well, you will be making over six figures once we do this, but I need you to stop all that bull crap with this and that. And, the, and yeah, I think, I think Sean, going back to the Jose Lothario days, that respect here and within his soul came out, and I think that's what did it. And, yeah. and and, and I'm guessing when he came back, uh, Vince made it real clear he would be on a very short leash. Yes, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, and there you have it. I mean, he, he made it and, uh, you know, had a very good group of friends as well. Uh, some reliable, some not reliable. But I think, uh, you know, having Hunter there, who was a little bit cleaner, right, uh, to – be the uh the person that maybe set him on course i think he got, yeah he got got through and 
one of the greatest of all time. So there you have it, Shawn Michaels. Well, we tried to do it justice. And some some stories you probably never heard about before from Bill and from Ken. And that's why people love this show. So we want you to continue to follow, like, subscribe. It's absolutely free on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network podcast feed. Check out the new VOCNation.com. We're still making uh, improvements and we'll do that every day. So if you have some suggestions, uh, let us know. And we're happy to consider them as as we keep uh, growing and expanding. And uh yeah, go ahead, Ken. I've got a suggestion. We should put a bow on this. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. What I up. like, what I like, by the way, and I, I think you know, as we're going on doing this uh, week to week, I love to hear your perspective as a fan. Yeah. Back in those days, when we come up with a topic like this, you, you, you have that that fan in you that just wants to come out and talk about those days. I can feel it. Yeah, I, I have no problem. I, I always try to keep my opinions quiet because people want to hear from you guys, but we'll bring it out every once that in a while. That news got to come out. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this week. I have, uh, it's it's my wife's birthday, guys, and it's almost the end of the day. We're recording on uh, June the 1st, if anybody wants to send her a gift. Uh, <laughs> it's her birthday, and I want to spend uh, the rest of the evening with her now that the kids are in bed and uh, there's no wink, wink, nod, nod there. But we'll uh, we'll end it now, and uh, we'll be back next week on our regular schedule. I think I think we're back next week on our regular schedule, yeah, right? All right, yeah. now and forevermore. All right, for Bill Apter and Killer Ken Resnick, I'm the voice of choice, Bruce Work. Bill, send us out. Well, um, before we go out, June 27th. I will be at uh, uh, Bud Carson's uh, Pro Wrestling World Convention, my first time back, which will be at a, uh, a fire station in Allentown, PA. If you go to uh, Bud Carson's Facebook page, you can find that. And uh, uh, the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame weekend, the final weekend in August, I will be hosting part of that. And then CWF, Championship Wrestling from Florida, uh, the Fan Fest, November 6th in Lutz or Lutz, Florida. So if you're around, come and talk wrestling with history with me. And uh, we'll see you eventually at the matches. Well, Bill, one of those three dates, we're going to have to do a live podcast. We'll have to talk about that offline. That would be great. All right. Ken, are you going to give us your line this week? Uh We'll see you again next time. So long, everybody. Indeed. <laughs> Go on, please. Bye, everybody. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. 
What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOCNationWrestlingNetwork and follow us on Twitter at VOCNation.